When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Crunch Time. Zito Power Tools. German-designed quality and innovation powering DIYers. All day, every day. Visit Berwick GWM Havel and test drive the GWM Canon CC. Part of the Berwick Motor Group. Round 15 edition of Crunch Time. The Lions by 28 points last night. The Cats had the victory on Thursday night and that had a ripple effect far beyond just the result of the game. It was a big... Week of news for Repco Authorised Service. For expert car service you can rely on, book online at repcoservice.com. Jared Waitley, Sam Edmonds, Leon Cameron, David King with you on Crunch Time today. Sammy, the wash-up to Thursday night, and particularly around Jeremy Cameron. Let's talk about him. So Geelong is hoping that Jeremy Cameron, Jared, has escaped further injury amid some concern that the star forward is also nursing a shoulder injury. Now, we know he was concussed in a brutal collision with his teammate Gary Rowan, taken to hospital for observation on the Thursday night. We know he won't play until round 17 at the earliest, given he's been placed in the concussion protocols. But... Bit of a sleeper chapter to this. There remains a watch on his right shoulder, given he landed so heavily on his right side, he was instantly knocked out by a charging Rowan and obviously couldn't brace his fall. So he can be seen as well, Jeremy Cameron, clutching his right shoulder as he's being stretched off the field. Now, the Cats, I've spoken to the football club, they're conscious of allowing things to settle with their gun goal kicker, who, it must be said, and we've seen it on Instagram and the like, he has recovered well at home since being released from hospital. So all things well upstairs. But club stuff will return to GMHBA Stadium on Sunday, tomorrow, where a course of action will be decided on Cameron, who will almost certainly be scanned, Jared, to determine the severity of this shoulder concern. It is expected the club will know more in the coming days, but this could be anything or it could be nothing. So Tanner Bruin, for example, he was subbed out with an AC joint injury against Port Adelaide, removed from the contest, but in a sign of how wide-ranging that injury can be, he recovered and obviously was among best on ground in, in the win over the Demons on Thursday night, only seven days later. So it is a watch, and it is a big watch, given he's such a, a key contributor to that side, and they'll be keeping everything crossed, that it's just a sore shoulder at the moment and nothing more. Makes for a nervy 48 hours, Kingy? Well, it always happens to the best ones, doesn't it? Um, it, it does. Leon, you would have you would have come across this many times in, in your coaching, if not your playing. But they're funny things, ACs, because a lot of guys can just c- carry on and you wouldn't really know they've been impacted. And then others fold like a deck of cards. Yeah, absolutely. There's a bit of chalk and cheese. And uh, knowing Jeremy, <laughs> he's probably not worried about it too much. I mean, we seen him on Insta yesterday uh, in amongst the cows. So... Uh, He's probably out painting his shed at the moment with his sore shoulder. And uh, but um, look, it uh, it was a you know disappointment uh, what happened on on Thursday night, and we all seen it. But uh, it's great that he's recovered, and uh, you know I hope you're right, Sam. That uh, you know uh, come Sunday the scans, if the, if there is something wrong with his shoulder, it's all okay. But he's 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 been like that for most of his career. He he 
he goes so hard mm. and then he seems to come out the other side, if you know what I mean. He, mm. he very rarely misses. You know, he's missed a, a few games here and there with hamstrings and things like that, but he very rarely misses for such a player that just jumps into any traffic that's coming his way. He normally comes out the other side. So, you know, fingers crossed, yeah. I think he should be okay. He's amazingly durable. I just can't get over how laconic he is, though, Leon. Like, there he is lighting the bonfire, uh, you know, the, the day after <laughs> the new car purchase, the new whip, as he, as he calls it. The, the guy, the butter wouldn't melt in his mouth, would it? <laughs> I texted him after the game just to see how he was, and I get one back about one in the morning, so no fine, uh, no glass jaw here, mate. I'm fine. So, <laughs> and then he just he just moves on, and and he's such a you know clearly a wonderful player. We all see that every weekend, but it's off the field that uh, endears uh, you know him to everyone because it's uh, whether he's a you know, at Giants a few years ago, or Geelong supporter, or just the AFL in general, what you see is what you get. He just loves life. He loves being on the farm, and that's what he is. Yep. His form is is up for discussion. He has totally lost impact, you know, significant impact on games the last five to six weeks. It's been alarming how quick he's just become a mere mortal. Like he was at a level that you really couldn't sustain. So we've got to put that, put it in context. The previous 25 to 30 weeks were, were, were all time. But once he's lost form, it, had a, it has had a significant impact on the Cats, Leon. They don't look the same team without him inside that forward 50. And I know Chris, we spoke to Chris Scott pre-game on Fox, and he did say that it, I think we have to draw him back closer to goal. Because he's he's running his own show a little bit, which is fine, but he's just not having the, the, the impact on games we need him to have. Yeah, look, as you know, I mean, everything, you know, lines up and he set such a high standard, you know, last year, but even the start of this year when, you know, Geelong probably weren't going as well, he was probably, you know, hitting the scoreboard regularly and having his 20, 25 possessions. And he does wander up the ground a fair bit and he can do some freakish things and all of a sudden you, you see him in the back line but then he'll be sprinting back into the forward line. And, you know, you go, okay, does he need to play a little bit closer to goal? But I think probably having Dangerfield out and Duncan out and um, – They've had a number of other yeah. mids out. Holmes has been out. You know, they haven't had Guthrie. that Guthrie, that starting three or four mids. And Tanner Bruin's been fantastic. He's got a great opportunity. But those three or four mids that make three or four really good decisions that hit Jeremy Lace out that he goes back and he kicks his two or three. So having the quality of mids probably doesn't help, hasn't helped him. And so he's probably gone searching a little bit more because the form has been down. But he will acknowledge he's the first one to put his hand up. When he when he, he's, he's chalk and cheese, as we know, he says when he plays well, he goes, yep, yep, thought it was good. But when he doesn't play well, he just puts his hand up and straight away and he says, you know, I haven't done this, I haven't done that. And then he gets to work on the track. So, you know, I think, you know, hopefully in a couple of weeks' time when he does return and Geelong start getting on a roll, I think, you know, that form that we've seen last year and early part of this year will start to return. The incident itself, so let's put the stupid stuff to one side <laughs> and just discuss the how does it help us define what is an accident in footy, which we grapple with the concept. I think we have more luxuries around declaring accident than the AFL does, given the litigious nature of, of the world and what we know is coming. But what, what does the Rowan-Cameron collision tell us about what represents an accident on the field? Yeah. Well, this, it this, doesn't. It's a never-ending discussion, isn't it, Leon? It's never because, I mean, and you're right. I mean, you said stupid. Let's put the stupid thing to the side, Jared. It's, it is, it's funny talking about it. 
and silly talking about it, you know, and I, I watched uh, socials afterwards and you oh. go, yeah, well, geez, what's going on here? But it's unless there is actually a written rule, a written rule to say uh, it's either under a common sense element to say it's a footy act, it's there's an accident on the field and we have to take that in consideration, then how do you judge it? Because we look at it, you know, we're looking at so many things. You know, we're looking at the Sicily one a couple of weeks ago and go, okay, well, what's there? Is, is, that, a, is that a footy act? Is that an accident? Um, uh, yeah, that's take accident in it. Maybe, no, that's not That's not worth three weeks. That's, it shouldn't be three. No, no two, no, we'll drop it down to one because he might have been able to just prevent it in the last second, whatever the interpretation is. But there's no rule written to have accident in it. So we'll be talking forever and a day. The argument is, from the legal side of things, that you've got to provide a safe workplace. That's, that's, the, that's the bottom line. Now, we can't provide a 100% safe workplace. So if that's your aim, you, you're going to fail. That, that's, we, all, we all know that. But we don't address that. that we, we accept it in a, in a common sense discussion. But in, in the wording of all of our matrix uh, and tables and all these sorts of things, it's never addressed there. So I just think we have to... There has to be a level of intent with all reports. There has to be there has to be a desire to cause an outcome. Therefore, you're reported. It, it just can't be. This has happened. Someone must go. So, Kingy, if you were sitting in the tribunal, mm. so you and Jared were sitting there on a Tuesday night, and Hawthorne come in and they've said, "Okay, we're going to challenge what uh, the three weeks at Sicily has got. What outcome?" Would you to look at that just from a realist point of view and said, okay, if I'm sitting there and I've played footy for a long, long time, I've seen a lot of incidents, what would you have come up with if you were sitting as part of that tribunal? I think any time there are mitigating circumstances, then then the, the hard and fast rules go out, out the window. There was a third player involved. It, to me, that creates an alibi that... You couldn't have foreseen the outcome. If there's a third party involved, mitigating circumstance of any of any kind, I was comfortable with that being uh, let off because of that. But that action, if there if there if there was no third party involved there, I can't remember who the player was in the way. McClucky. Oh, uh, Brockman. Brockman. How did he affect it though? Well, he he actually was. Sicily didn't know when he was turning. At McCluggage, yeah. what impact Brockman was going to have? I think he actually checked. I think he checked McCluggage for a moment, and then, as he was entering the whip motion, but that whip motion for me is three weeks. So if there's no mitigating circumstance, then that is the penalty. So, I'd so when you when you look at a whip motion, yep. and say you can't, so clearly you can't define a whip motion, and say that is a footy act because of the force of which angle I've come from. And so that's a footy act, which sits under a footy act or accident yeah, it category. Was, it was, a and footy so act. it was. Use the term because was, we all go, we all because we all go through those whip motions when you play the game. Is that you know you, you you lunge on for dear life? You grab someone, you're holding on with one hand, and he swings around because his his force is going the other way, and all of a sudden you, there's an accident. Bang! He's hit his head. That's the hardest thing because there's no in between. Yeah. He's either got three weeks or he's got nothing. So I think that's a, that's an avoidable accident. Is the, I think if you're going to spin someone like that or whip them like that, Leon, you can't guarantee that you that you're going to protect 
and provide a safe workplace. So I find the Rowan one interesting to the Mansell one. So I mm. debated this with Dermot last week. Dermot wanted to rule Mansell an accident, and I wasn't having that. There are such striking similarities in Mansell's approach to the contest as Rowan's, where there's a whole lot of choices that get made along the way, and then at the very end, you choose to protect yourself at the expense of the other player. So I find I find it that's a really interesting one now as to what we're and I, as I say, it's much easier for us to declare accident than it will ever be for the league. Mm. So if Rowan's wearing a Melbourne jumper, there's no doubt it's three weeks. It's the exact same no grading doubt. as Ryan Mansell. It's careless, it's severe, given the way he's been knocked out, and it's high. So he's going to the tribunal to defend three-plus matches. It might have even been more, but obviously because he's got the same uniform on, he's not. but it does highlight, I think, accidents still happen, but I reckon a couple of years ago, if you look at Hunter Clark and Dave McKay up there in Cairns, Back then, I reckon the accident window was, you know, hold your arms out wide. There was there was a, a generosity applied to footy accidents. Now, that is like a crack in the door, the accident. There's not many accidents left in the game that the AFL are prepared to swallow. We've seen that. But this just is a reminder. Even if it can't be, you don't think it can be used, can you? In no, the it can't because it hasn't run through any part right. of the system and it hasn't been explained. There's, there's really clear parameters as to what can be introduced at the tribunal because this, this will never satisfy it. That's a shame because this would be exhibit A, B and C for the defence on everything here. Not so much the tackles because I think Sicily had, com- comparatively speaking, a year to decide what to do compared to someone like Gary Rowan or Ryan Mansell. But they would be using this every single night if they could do it. And ju- I just want to say one thing on the stupid stuff, right? Imagine if on Monday, the AFL, apropos of nothing, sent out a memo going, we're removing the words on an opposition a player from our tribunal guidelines. <laughs> Imagine those people who were all hey, singing Kenny, and dancing in the aftermath. You've got to have a duty of Imagine care. what that would look like. Oh, oh fair income, yeah, honestly. Sammy really annoys me with this discussion. We had it the other night. <laughs> it, it just, I, I do you think, should have manned the phones with me yesterday it, if you were annoyed by that. We've got to get back to the intent. The intent of, of, of the action. Are you tr- are you actually trying to, to do something to damage the opposition player? We'll never get back to that. We but should. What it, what it is, it's around whether you've fulfilled your duty of care. Yeah, so in, in our world now, you can't go back to... So careless is the threshold. Not not There is an intentional, and there used to be a reckless, but it just has to be careless, and careless as to whether you've fulfilled your duty of yeah. care. And that's because of what you've been talking I, about I for the past two years around... The long-term impacts of concussion. We're never I'm going backwards. I'm comfortable with that, but I do think there has to be some tolerance for the absolute marginal fine line accident slash error. So that's Mansell for you. Let's talk specifics. That's Mansell was an accident. Well, the marking contest and the bouncing ball are different for me. I, I, almost anything goes in a marking contest. Rowan was coming in to, to, to contest for that mark. Yeah. So I, I think that's just a judgment thing. It's not. He's not coming in to, in, to actually make contact with anyone. Whereas I think Mansell does, he understands where the ball's likely to finish, and then he does turn. In my opinion, it's yeah, it's fine it's lines. Fine stuff. lines. Yeah. But but I think Mansell he, thinks he's getting that ball for a long for a long time. Yeah, in his mind, until the last split second. Yeah, and Rowan gets himself a bit lost in the wash. Ultimately. He's trying to avoid contact, yep. Gary Rowan. In yep. The end. Yeah. Uh, on the Melbourne side of things, so the denial story is sort of its own category, isn't it? But things around the Clayton Oliver scenario got so far out of hand yeah. that all levels, um, from the footy manager to the coach to the player himself, uh, had to come out and quash it. 
Yeah, just really disappointing that uh, we don't seem to be believed that he's missing with injury. Um, I just want to make sure our fans understand that that's the exact reason that he's missing the game. His, his hamstring hasn't quite pulled up. It's a little bit disappointing for us and for the team, clearly clearly for Clayton, but really disappointing that that, that rubbish is floating around there. There's a lot being spoken about Clayton in the last 48 hours and a lot of it's incorrect. Clayton had a hamstring strain against Port Adelaide. He then got an infected foot, spent six nights in hospital. As he's come back into training in the last eight days, his hamstring's tight. Um, he'll have scans tomorrow. So anyone that thinks they know better than that, come and walk into our environment and find out. It hasn't affected me too much, which is, yeah, I'm just probably lucky this, it's me, it's not someone else. You know, I've sort of got a mum and dad and nan and pop and a grandma, so they sort of see all that and, yeah, it's sort of a bit disappointing. Melbourne Football Club as well, you know, we're building such a great culture and a really good environment and it's probably not something you want to be associated with. So, Kingy, you and I spoke about this on Thursday, and my argument at that time was that clubs can't get out in front of every rumour. If they responded to every rumour out there, they'd never have time to actually coach and run a football club. But this had spiralled so heavily out of control on the weekend, Jared, that it was impossible to ignore. Now, if you go back, the rumours had actually started before he'd even done his hamstring. The rumours had been around for a long time, but they just got themselves into such a state that they had to be acknowledged. Now, is this one for a club... And, and again, it's up to the club how much clarity they want to provide. But is this one for, if you play it vague on things, then these things are going to spiral out of control. Is it one for total transparency? I mean, if it is a hamstring, say it's a hamstring. So he does the hamstring against Port Adelaide, but then he's training two days later. And then he, he's close to a comeback. He's guaranteed twice by the coach, only to be pulled back. Then he's in hospital with a blister for five days. But then he leaves hospital and then he comes back. And then he's going to play again, but then he doesn't. So is it one of these things for just lay all your cards out on the table as a club? It might not be your favourite thing to do, but if you did, it would dispel all of this and prove the need to come out from a football manager, from a coach in a press conference, from the player himself, that it just doesn't even get to that stage. But, but I understand that, Sam, but, but what happens if, if that's just happened? And I, I, I'm, I mean, we, the AFL news sometimes doesn't trickle up here to New South Wales, but... Mm. Um, when I heard all the rumours sort of flying around on about Oliver, I'm going, you know, why are these rumours starting? I actually heard a little bit about that he hurt his hamstring, he looked like he was going to train, they then realised it was a four-week hamstring after that, so he missed some weeks. Why he was missing the weeks, he then went in and seen... He got an infection in his toe. He went into hospital for six week, six days. Mm. He then came out and said... Um, he did some running and he was really, really off the mark and felt like he was struggling and being in hospital really took away his level of fitness. Then straight away as a football person, you're going, well, geez, they're going to have to build him up. I was not surprised that he missed the Geelong game because they were thinking he's their best player, one of their best players, and he's actually had a hamstring. Then he's had an infection. Then he started to run. We would be really careful here. And so then all of a sudden the timeline uh, that they've actually outlined Melbourne is exactly what's actually happened. Why should they actually have to come out when they actually don't know all the things that's it's going to happen mm. like it's unfolded in the last probably three or four weeks? Yeah, and they couldn't have foreseen the infection. Of course they couldn't have. And it's, but, it's, even, but even after, like even after the infection, as soon as you're infection and you're in hospital for six days – that's like, okay, he's not playing for three weeks. Yeah, but they didn't say that though, Leon. That's the thing. So and I know we can always look for things. We can look under rocks that, that aren't there. And we can and, and it's a conspiracy theory era, if you like. We're always looking for things that, that often aren't there. But it has been one of the more 
bizarre absences I think we've seen for some time, and that's probably led to one and one coming out and spitting out the answer of four. Clubs, clubs treat us like fools, Leon. Is the bottom line. <laughs> they treat us like fools with this injury list stuff, with, with all sorts of reporting. They want to massage the truth. They don't want to give up any excess information to opposition clubs, which is ridiculous. And, and in, in, at the end of the day, the fan pays the price for that. Well, the Geelong injury list, that, that is just ridiculous. The short-term, medium-term, long-term. It's always been one to two weeks, three to four weeks, five plus. And then, and then when something goes wrong, they want to say, no, 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 hang on, you've got to trust us. You've got to believe us when we tell you this. Well, we haven't been able to believe you for the previous five years. Why do we have to believe you today? So I think they're a victim of their own, their own standards, the, the clubs here. The, the reporting of, of injuries needs to be needs to be clarified and corrected in, in a severe manner by the AFL starting next season that any, any injury must be tabled, timelines need to be given, and 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 it, and it mandated and legislated by the AFL. And if you if you breach that, you pay a severe price like they do overseas because we, the game's gone past this stuff, hiding hiding players and massaging the truth. The, you're naming your 23, that your nose wrong. You know there's two players coming at you. Well, the Gary, uh, the um, who was Zach uh, Zach Tui the previous week. Mm. He's going to be managed. Then, then he's going to be in. sub. Yeah. Then he's going to play. All that stuff. Like let's just be done with all that. You're treating the fans like fools. So come down on it hard. If you want to make a change to your team, regardless, if you want to run the fine line on a player playing or not playing, every change to your team should be five grand. And if you want to do it every week, you're going to spend hundred grand. Clubs will stop it look, pretty quick. Absolutely, but I think you'll see a lot of the um, clubs are doing it far better than what it was five to ten years ago. And I know what you're saying, and you've probably angled in on Geelong there, Kingy. That's, well, all, uh, all clubs yeah. do it, but Geelong. But are, are front but, but, you, but I understand. But but a lot of clubs will come out and say, look, you know, you'll go for an example. Uh, look, he's we think he's got a hamstring. Um, he'll have a scan. We're thinking maybe two to three weeks. They put down two to three weeks. Yeah. What, they, they, that, 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 that's what normally happens. I, I, I understand what you're saying because of you might have had some frustrations experience. Coming from club land when I was at the Giants as the coach, I'm going, no, no, just get the injury out. Did you name out, players at any stage of your coaching that you knew weren't playing? No, I would name them right up, right to the end. Yeah. And then very rarely, in fact, probably once or twice, I would pull someone out on game day if he just didn't get there. And if you can, you can probably look back at that record. And I reckon a number of coaches have. Now, you might go, okay, are we being realistic here? We desperately want him um, to play. We give him every opportunity to play, and then he just doesn't get up and there's a late change. Yeah. But I think that. a lot I'll of clubs that. do it okay. That would be once, maybe twice a year. But mm. we've been treated as fools the last four or five years. The amount of players that have taken out, and then after the game they say, look, he, he, he didn't get to the line on Thursday. You know, we just knew he didn't complete the session. They knew on Thursday when they named him, he wasn't playing. The, the, the language after the game is, is just is totally different to what it is pre-game. They, they, I won't hear that they don't know. I accept your version that there are probably, of, of all the changes of the year, there's probably 40 a year. I'd say 10 of them are real, and the other mm. 30 are treating us like fools. What did you think of the Bulldogs injury list when it landed graphically this week? It had Liam Jones with two fractures in the forearm, 8-10, mm. to 10, adding to Tim O'Brien, 8-9 to nine with a hamstring, 
adding to Richards three to four, Johannesson four to five, and Crozier eight to ten. That was brutal, Leon, as an injury toll. Yeah, it is. And look, uh, I know Crozier probably wasn't in their starting seven uh, defence uh, in the past, probably six to eight weeks. But um, O'Brien. Um, and then to lose Jones, who's clearly had an outstanding year, but then Richards a few weeks ago, it's a, it's a, it's a huge hole to replace. And I know the talk about, you know, do they, you know, Rob Peter to pay Paul, do they take Norton down the back line from the forward line down the back line? I mean, time's going to tell it. Bevo's probably gone down that path and saying, okay, now nah, we really want to see where we can go. We'll bring Bruce in. We'll explore it. But it's going to be interesting to see whether they stand up in the next three or four weeks, knowing that that quality is sitting on the sidelines and it's not just for a week or two and that's the hardest decision you've got to make you know when it's not a week or two you've got to go okay do I need to make a big change they've got the buy you know if, if they've had the buy do they they, they trial things over the buy week just to get ready for the run home you know have they slept you know have they snuck in a, a good couple of sessions and and maybe put Norton back just to see what it looks like over two or three training sessions so They've got some big decisions to make because, you know, those guys are not going to get back into the eve of the finals. And the problem is they've, they've looked at all those other options, is, which is where I yeah. come back. They've looked at O'Brien down there for half a dozen weeks. They've looked at Bruce there for half a dozen weeks. Keith's been in and out for his his half a dozen weeks. And then you've got uh, – they, they've tried O'Donnell as, as, a, as a forward and as a back. It, it's sort of – he's mixed and matched over half a dozen weeks as well. So in the end – they're running out of levers. They're running out of out of options because the guys that they've tried have either failed or, or can't recapture form of old. So they have to have a look at Norton because I don't think they've got another option. And their forward line works okay without him. It functioned mm. really well last yeah. week. When he wasn't yeah. there, I'm not expecting Waitman to kick six every week, but Jamara is ready to take the game by storm. <laughs> he is, he's got a five-goal game in him in the next few weeks. So I think they're well they're well covered forward to centre. If they don't fix the defensive end, it'll be the end of them. The news of the week for Repco Authorised Service, Penrite Oil and your local Repco Authorised Service. Crunch time with David King and Leon Cameron. Uh, the best days are when Kingy brings a game. He's got a game for us <laughs> next. And then we're because the, the late out. starting games today. So we'll get to those as well. <laughs> Crunch <That's> later. <laughs> <laughs> we're working our way through the round 15 edition of Crunch Time for Berwick Motor Group and for Azito.